Welcome to the Western CUNA Management School Alumni Association broadcast. I'm Shauna Shearson from the Epsilon class of 2007. And I'm Nate Burns from the IOTA class of 2011. Western CUNA Management School is a three-year credit union leadership program intended to give credit union leaders a deep dive into the purpose and mission of operating a cooperative business model. Unlike any other program in the industry, this immersive experience is held each year on the beautiful Pomona College campus. Come along as we jump into a conversation of head and heart. Nate, it is great to see you. And we've just started summer and life is kind of getting back to normal. So hopefully you've got some great summer plans ahead. Absolutely. I mean, it's summers are always around about the kids and, and there are activities. But you know what? Speaking of activities and getting back to normal, Western Cunish Management School Alumni Association annual conference will be back live in person this summer. Woohoo! July 21st, Doubletree Hotel, New Pomona. I'm very excited about that. This is going to be a great year and it will be so awesome to be all back together again. So hopefully many of our listeners can meet us there. Absolutely. Listen, alumni member, potential alumni member, please come out and join. It's a great, great event. Speaking of great events, I'm excited for the person we are interviewing today. We have the opportunity to speak with Steve Schmidl, who's the CFO at West Era Credit Union in Colorado. And he's got more than two decades of experience with credit unions and as an innovative and strategic thinker. And he's got tons of connections to WCMS. He's a 2010 graduate of the school and a member of the Theta Thunder. And he also serves as a director on the WCMS Alumni Association Board. This broadcast was actually the, the brainchild that he brought to the board. And he even has deeper connections in his personal life because he met his wife at the school. And they named their daughter Pomona after their experience there together. So welcome, Steve. Hey, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Thanks for joining us as a, an esteemed guest today. We're super excited to be able to interview you about the great things you're doing. Yeah, I am too. Uh, got a fun story. And I, I just uh, appreciate being being here and being on this side of the mic. Quite a different uh, perspective. I know. Steve, we are very excited to actually have you uh, on the broadcast today. Uh, hope you're not nervous. Um, just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, let's jump right in here. You've been with Westera for three years. Uh, the credit union has taken on some new and very innovative and progressive strategies and directions during, during that time. Talk to us a little bit. I mean, what, why, why the pivot? You know, why did it happen? How are you involved? Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's been a fun, fun ride so far. I, I've been here just over three years now. Um, and we have uh, begun to make quite a pivot um, and we're starting to see the benefits of it. It's a long, it's a long haul. It's a lot mm -hmm. of work, a lot of, of cost um, and investment, but uh, we think it's well worth it. Um, I joined West Era just a few months after Jay Champion took the reins as CEO and there's a lot of leadership change happening at that point. Um, West Era to, to that point had been a pretty traditional credit union, um, not a whole lot of investment in technology, uh, digital technology. 
maybe a little too over-reliant on indirect auto, in my opinion. Um, so pretty standard um, story, if you will, for, for a credit union. Uh, at the time, about a billion and a half in assets. Uh, but the board knew uh, we could do better, that we needed to um, change direction and, and, and be more progressive, and, and they have been supportive of us doing so ever since. Um, less than a year into this pivot, of course, the pandemic hit, which uh, impacted earnings pretty uh, severely for, for us, as, as well as a lot of credit unions. Um, and our, our earnings were pretty mediocre to begin with, um, so we were uh, already working towards a plan, but the, uh, the pandemic didn't help from an earnings standpoint, um, but we actually you know, kept our resolve through it. it. We had the support of the board, we were moving the right way culturally, and we've actually doubled down during the pandemic on our, on our strategy. Um, so our strategy that, that I'm referring to is, is a pretty typical one, I think pretty common. We, we call it digital first, becoming a digital first organization. So nothing too groundbreaking there. Um, I think most of us realize that we need to invest in digital solutions, especially since uh, COVID. But um, what's unique about our story, I think, is how quickly we've done it over these past three years and, and that cultural aspect of it um, that we knew needed to happen first, that shift um, with, within our organization and the new competencies that we needed to build to deliver that digital first organization. And Steve? Just be, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I'm excited. I'm sure our listeners are very excited to actually hear about, you know, the, the actual products and services and what you did, but I don't want to gloss over the fact, and you said it twice, the cultural change. Please take a few, take some time, talk to me about what does that mean? What, yeah. what cultural change needed to happen so that you guys could actually physically implement your digital first strategy? Right. You know, I'll go back to that idea of, of credit Westar being somewhat traditional in, in mindset when this transformation started. Uh, that, that was embedded in the culture, the way um, everybody thought, the way we made decisions, um, where we spent our time. Um, that was all you know, pretty deep within the culture. And we knew to become this digital first organization that we needed to think differently. We needed to have different conversations and spend our time differently. So we spent a lot of time building culture. Um, we, we actually did like a, a org wide book study, uh, the, the Start With Why, the old Start With Why, Simon Sinek book. Um, the entire organization was given a copy and we kind of went back to the, to the basics, mission, vision, values. It wasn't a super strong strategic plan in place. So we, we built one, but we started with those foundational elements, mission, vision, values, what's our purpose? Why are we here? Which is what that book kind of helped us um, work through as an organization. Um, so, you know, we knew it was critical for us that the entire organization knew why that change was happening, because that strategy was going to be impactful and changing of most everybody's jobs. We wanted them to take ownership of it, help us drive it versus feel like it was happening to, to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that, that took a while, but it, it, was, it was a critical first step, I think, in, in the transformation that we're still working through. That's incredible. And I'm curious, what what have been some of the costs of your digital first um, transformation? And then what are what are some of the big wins you've experienced? Yeah, um, the the costs have been significant. You know, none of this comes cheap. Uh, There's a lot of technical competencies that we needed to build in the organization, things like 
an agile project management approach and a team. We didn't really didn't have any PMO whatsoever. Um, product ownership, RPA, business intelligence, a, a dev team, an actual dev team, um, all things that we didn't really have those competencies in-house and we needed to build that. And that's, um, that, that costs money. Uh, that's a lot of additional expense. Not um, to get we, too we, technical about how many people did you end up hiring in that? Yeah, it, our digital teams now uh, exceeding 20 folks where we practically had no one in roles like that three years ago. And, and we don't, we don't think that that team is just like a, a one-time project lift type team. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not something that we think are going to, you know, once these big projects are complete, we're not going to need them anymore. That I think this pace of change is the new constant. We'll need to continue to have these capabilities and grow these, these, these folks, um, not only to maintain everything we're building, but to improve the solutions from, from that point forward. Um, our competition, we think our competition and our members' expectations aren't going to stop once we kind of get some of these big rocks in place. Um, so that, that was, that cost a lot of money. We also rebranded during this time. We didn't change our name, but we definitely changed our personality um, to have more of a young, fresh look and more of a fintech feel to it. Um, and we're beginning to now deliver the solutions and experiences to back it up. Um, then talk about those wins. What, what are you getting from it? Yeah, the wins, um, they're starting to pile up. Uh, you know, our culture is taking off. We, we started with culture and, and we're seeing great, great wins there. Our Gallup engagement scores, we measure every six months. They've gone up every time since 2019. Um, so our, our strategy, our mission, vision, values seem to be resonating and, and people feel um, drive and, and towards our purpose and what they do. Um, you know, we've become a hybrid workforce during this time and we've decided to continue to be one going forward. Um, I, I'm a huge believer in, in culture and I had my concerns when COVID hit. We all uh, hurried home to, to work from home, but I've been really pleasantly surprised with the, the growth of our culture and, and the great people uh, we're able to attract and, and everything we've achieved during this time. So our culture now being a, a remote organization is as strong as any culture I've ever been part of. Uh, so those are definitely wins on that side. Our, our tech stack where we've made some, so many investments is, um, is coming together. You know, we, we didn't change our core systems, um, but instead we, we built a, an API enabled middleware between our core and most of the member solutions and the experiences so that we have the flexibility to develop and deploy new solutions and experiences easier and, and really own that um, for our members. Um, so we've partnered with fintechs on some things like uh, an account opening experience that, that we built in, in cooperation with them uh, to, to deliver you know, mortgage or uh, membership account openings in, in less than five minutes. Um, everybody we work with, uh, we make sure one of the first steps in, in vetting them is that they're API enabled again so that we can pass data, not necessarily have to rely on our core to provide all the data, but we can do it through that middleware layer. and it. it makes for a, a lot more uh, immersive experience for our members. Um, so you, we've delivered uh, that the account experience. We're in, about to deploy the first phases of uh, an MRM system, which is really the first for, for the organization, the new online banking. And those are um, they're just the first phases we, with this agile uh, scrum approach to how we do things. We know this uh, doesn't have to be perfect the first time out. We, we like to keep it parity plus. So we're replacing their old systems with something that's at least as good, if not better. And then we know we're going to continue to invest in it from there. 
Um, so we're, we're really trying to build a platform that will make it much easier to partner with fintechs. You know, going back to what Lindsay in last month's episode said um, about her her uh, the turning point there that happened at Valley Strong. Um, I think she said you have to grow or cease to exist, and and we've kind of landed in that same uh, mindset where we decided we we need to take this aggressive path, and um, you know, doing so is. Um, costly, uh, but we think it's going to give us a lot of opportunity long-term to, to, to leverage uh, partners and uh, eventually become a, a more meaningful, deep relationship with, with our community and our members. Um, so one of, one of the shining examples, just to spend, throw one more thing out there that, that we've done recently was the everyday spend, we call it the everyday money spending account. Um, when we released our new brand in the fall of, of last year, we uh, did so in tandem with a new checking account product we call Everyday Money Spending. Um, it was modeled after the digital-only products you see out there like Chimes uh, with early paycheck deposit, no paper checks, no overdraft fees, those sort of things. And it's it's replaced our free checking. We don't offer free checking anymore. Um, and we so far, we're opening 45% more of these accounts than we ever did our old checking account. So it seems to be wow. doing well in the market and, and meeting our members' needs, especially those younger members that we know we need to um, attract and, and retain um, during their borrowing years. So, Steve, listen, I, I have a ton more questions uh, that I want to ask you, but, you know, you just gave us a lot of information, right? And the investment's definitely paying off over time. I get the opportunity to speak with a lot of credit unions, a lot of executives, right? None of this happened uh, without the buy-in of the executive management team and the board. And that's where I see a lot of credit unions who are, let's say, traditional, where they're struggling. You know, someone in your in your position recognizes this opportunity, recognizes that uh, we need to evolve, maybe take this digital first approach. How do you bring the other executive managers on board? How do you get this message across successfully? With your board of directors before it's you know too late before you are you know instead of being a fast follower you're unfortunately you're lagging way behind so again just a few minutes how did that happen at wistera yeah yeah part part of it uh i think was luck you know we we had a lot of new leaders who were thinking the same way come together here at wistera and and we we're able to build our ideas off of one another. And when we kind of saw the world and saw the future of credit unions the, the same way um, and, and realized what we needed to do. Uh, as I mentioned, our board was really a, a driving force. They've, they've, they knew uh, maybe not every step of the way what we needed to do, but they knew that change was needed and that the world was changing, um, especially after COVID that, um, that we needed to be able to offer all of our services digital first. Um, and, and have it be just as easy as, as walking in a branch. So um, it, it was not something that uh, came together all at once in the beginning, but it was part of having a clear purpose. I think Lindsay mentioned this last month too in, in her interview, um, having a strong strategic plan that we continue to go back to, make sure that strategic plan is tied to our purpose, make sure we're deploying it to everybody so they understand and can help us get there and, and, and make the, the tough decisions, the, the trade-offs, and uh, engage their, their teams to, um, to help us reach that, you know, reach that goal, whether it's next year's business plan, a longer-term strategy, and you know, eventually moving towards our purpose of, uh, of helping. You know, our purpose says we, we exist to teach one another to prosper. 
prosper. We exist to teach one another to prosper. And, and um, that's something that we go back to pretty often. It's a driving force with us. One of the things that I'm aware of that you did was to permanently remove all overdraft and courtesy pay fees. And so that obviously, you know, that was a, a, a big decision going back to Nate's point, you know, getting everybody behind it. So what, what took place that led you to make that decision? And, and, you know, I'm sure you had to take a lot of steps um, looking at your balance sheet in order to be able to make that decision. So t- talk to us about what happened. Yeah, there was a lot of things that led to that, that decision. Um, once again, it was very purpose-driven, you know, throughout this transformation, we, we've um, focused on that. And, you know, the decision to permanently remove all overdraft and courtesy pay fees was primarily a byproduct of, of those discussions. You know, who do we want to be? Who do our members need us to be? And what can we do better for them? Um, so purpose-driven for sure. Um, there was all, obviously other strategic positioning reasons that we did that as well. Uh, one thing it became obvious to us that that digital banks, who, who we consider, you know, a, a key competitor, if not a future, uh, you know, greatest comp- our greatest competitor in the future, uh, those digital banks who don't charge these fees are, are winning the war for for younger members. We're seeing it in the statistics um, how how much uh, consumer loan volume was going through direct to consumer through you know non traditional banks. It was alarming, and that was even back before. The pandemic, so um, we we knew from a competitive standpoint that we needed to uh, consider this change. Um, it also seemed likely uh, that regulatorily we, we were all going to be forced to remove or, or drastically change our, our courtesy pay programs at any point. Um, so we we thought in alignment with our brand refresh and the new checking account that I just mentioned that we um, can maybe get ahead of, of that curve. And, and get some um, value from being from doing it for the right reasons versus being forced to do it. Um, but in the end, again, our, our purpose of uh, existing to teach one another to prosper, it was really hard to look that statement in the eyes when, when charging these fees. So it was the right thing to do for West Era and for our members. Um, and and we're, we're seeing some uh, great results from it. Yes, it was, it's, it's a difficult hit going back to earnings. It, it's um, something that we need to find another way to to grow revenue because of. Um, but we believe that this digital first strategy and, and the depth of relationship and the new products and services and members that we'll be able to um, offer will be uh, able to offset that, that opportunity cost. Steve, I think that's a, yeah, I think that's a very uh, honest answer. Uh, I've recently had an executive uh, in regards to you know credit unions permanently getting rid of overdraft and courtesy pay, calling it smoke and mirrors, right? He never disagreed, but he called it smoke and mirrors, right? So you, like some other credit unions, have directly taken on that challenge. Like, we, we'll find we'll find a way to, to make that up, but it's the right thing to do for our membership. So again, back to those trade-offs and tough decisions, right? Uh, not always comfortable to do the right thing. Yep, I, I totally agree. Uh, we, we going back to your previous question about you know how did leadership come together and, and build this strategy and all get on the same page. 
you know, part of it was we think that um, we're at a turning point as an industry. Um, it depends on the market as far as how, how to approach the change, but there's definitely new forces that, that we're dealing with, new expectations in, in the consumer base, um, the demographics of what, you know, younger future members uh, require versus um, older generations is changing and seems to be changing more quickly. Um, and you know this all we, we want to remain relevant we, we have to remain relevant and um, that might mean our, our business model changes at times and we think this is one of those times and this is one of the ways we can do that uh, so it, it, it's come together and we've got a long way to go uh, but we're we're having a lot of fun doing it and uh, we're, we're excited to create you know the new West era and the next West era for for our community well, that is awesome. And speaking of new things, um, I know that you are looking forward to also being back on the Pomona College campus this summer for the alumni conference. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the conference and why you're excited and why they should other people should come? Yeah, yeah. I think some of these details uh, Nate mentioned earlier, but July 21st, Thursday, July 21st at the Doubletree in Claremont. Um, it, as you said, it's going to be great just to, to see each other and to feel the energy of campus and, and to learn together. Um, we have a, a number of great uh, speakers, um, including Jim Stickley, who's going to talk to us about cybersecurity, Rudy Hanley, the former CEO of Schools First, which is a, a very large credit union, and Asha Srikantia, who is a professor at Harvey Mudd College and a senior director at The Hive. She's going to be speaking to us about human-centered design, so a lot of relevant topics. Um, and it's always great to come together and, and learn how the school is impacting more credit unions, more communities, more, more professionals' lives. And, and to continue to be part of that is, is definitely a highlight of, of my career. Um, really enjoyed working with you. Obviously, as you mentioned in my introduction, WCMS has a, a special place in my heart and it was a turning point in my career. Um, you know, I, I'm just uh, amazed at. I, I didn't know what I was walking into back in 2008 when I first stepped onto campus. Totally unprepared for the experience, but it, it really did change my life, change my career. Um, you know, from that point on, my career had a, a heightened you know, sense of purpose and direction, and I, I was part of something that could make a difference. I didn't think that studying finance and accounting, um, I'd be able to serve my community the way I have through, through credit unions. Um, and it all came together for me at WCMS. So it's, it's an important part of, of what I do. I, I love working with you all and I really appreciate you having me today. Right back at you, Steve. And if the great speakers at the conference aren't a draw enough, people can come and talk to you and find out more um, and ask all those other questions that Nate and I weren't, weren't able to get to in terms of the details mm -hmm. of your transformation because it is really incredible. One of the things I'm gonna take away today is um, you, you've set the example time and time again that you know change is coming and you can respond to it in a lot of different ways, but you and your organization chose to get ahead of it. And whether it be your, your digital transformation or the removal of, of overdraft and courtesy pay fees for your members, um, you looked at, back to your purpose and made those decisions and got ahead of it. So very inspiring story for all of us. Steve, I'm impressed, you know, uh, you guys actually eliminated the free checking account and now you open up two, three, four times more checking accounts by giving, by listening, paying attention to what people actually want. I think that's a, a valid 
example of, of paying attention to the market and reacting as, uh, accordingly. So I'm very impressed by that. So listen, thank you so much for being on the broadcast today. I've enjoyed it. I know our listeners have enjoyed it. And listen, if you like this episode, please subscribe and rate us wherever you get your podcasts. And if you have any feedback or want to recommend future guests, let us know at wcmsalumni.org. As always, thank you so much for listening to us here at the WCMS broadcast today. Until next time, start early. And start often.